G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 154 of the Outback Mine podcast. Thank you very, very much for joining in episode 154. We're going to be talking with Dr. Lynn McCormack today about emotional eating. Um, I reckon it's probably part of all our lives that, uh, that we enjoy food, but also we actually eat um, to feed an emotion most of the time, whether the body's hungry or not. Uh, uh, it's part of our culture to celebrate and eat. Also, when something negative happens, we eat a bit like drinking too, possibly. But um, there's lots of uh, evidence around being able to be self-aware enough and emotionally intelligent enough uh, to be able to observe uh, your thoughts when it comes to going for food or drink um, to be able to suppress uh, an emotion possibly. So Lynn is an expert in this matter and I was really keen to get her on to have a chat about um, this uh, more scientifically and um, to be able to sort of give us uh, a bit of a, a, an insight and some overview on uh, what it actually is so we can become a little bit more self-aware with regards to um, you know our habits and those sorts of things and how we can possibly um, divert them I, I guess uh, with some strategy and some support and help um, you know, it's a very very topical thing now uh, we've got more choice than ever with regards to food compared to maybe 10 30 years ago 40 years ago like people you know grew a lot of their own stuff there wasn't uh, access to uh, the fast food uh, outlets and interventions that um, we have these days so we're going to, uh, to, to, to food uh, primarily just to, uh, to comfort us a lot of the time. So um, if we can be a bit more self-aware and smart about it, our physical health can be better and also our mental health can uh, benefit from that because we're not, uh, we're not uh, feeling as, as, as bad below the shoulders and that affects our mental well-being as well. So I think you'll find um, you know, through Lynn's work, um, we'll be able to get some good advice and some, uh, some knowledge around how to uh, uh, maybe, maybe make some changes in our lives which could um, you know, impact ourselves but also be a benefit to other people around us as well. So I'm sure you're, you're going to enjoy this chat and I really appreciate you to give me some feedback via uh, email, support at outbackmind.com.au. Also, I want to make special mention to Green Nutritionals who provide uh, green organic superfoods. So if you are lacking something in your diet or your health does need a boost, I really encourage you to check out their website. Um, they, su- they supply you know, great products which are sourced from the best locations around the world. They're purely organic and um, very, very um, you know, good uh, ethical organisations. Uh, really, I hope you can support them. Their products are available at uh, Good Health Foods throughout Australia and also online. Check out greennutritionals.com.au. All right, appreciate you listening in and uh, yeah, appreciate your feedback. G'day, Lynn. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Aaron. How are you guys? Hey, very well. Uh, grateful to have you on. This is uh, a topic that I'm really interested in and I know a lot of the listeners out there would be as well because we all need to eat and whether we're doing it consciously or not is another matter, you know, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, food and uh, the way food's accessed and that uh, these days has certainly changed. We've got access to it uh, uh, a lot more easily, most of us, and, um, you know, a lot of us do eat emotionally uh, to be able to sort of overcome what's going on below the shoulders, but really whether the body needs them or not is another matter. So it's sort of going to be interesting to get your thoughts about that. But um, I'd really like to know a bit about, yeah, your background and sort of, um, you know, what sort of led you into um, to, to, to having sort of, um, you know, work towards this as your passion? Yeah, look, thanks, Aaron. And um, I will definitely talk about my background. I just wanted to say you've actually already nailed it when you said um, about learning to be conscious because mm-hmm. that's really critical and we'll touch on that as, as we go through. But mm-hmm. I guess what led me into this area um, was I had my own past where I, I struggled severely with emotional eating uh, to the point it ended up as binge eating um, and then uh, through a series of events and I guess what really saved me was insatiable curiosity to understand what the hell you know here yeah. I am I want to not overeat and I, I want to be able to stay healthy and make the best choices and I also want to be uh, a reasonable weight and be fit and and yet why was I doing exactly what it is that I didn't want to do so mm. um 
I, I just wanted to get to the bottom of it. And um, through a series of events, I, I really actually learned to understand myself. And from one day to the next, um, I, I literally stopped overeating. Mm. And I previously had been digging into the research literature to understand why. And I've been looking into the stress research. And what struck me the most profoundly um, was that when we're under pressure and when we're under stress, we cannot use our minds effectively. Mm. And I certainly experienced that because, you know, people are always talking about addiction, etc. However, I think that term can be too loosely applied to emotional and overeating because I literally did stop overeating from one day to the next because my stress levels dropped. Mm. And from the research, I, I know that when we can use our minds effectively, when we learn to um, work with as opposed to trying to get away from our stress, um, that we can use our minds in the way that they're supposed to be used effectively and intentionally. And um, so I was a test case dummy, I guess, for myself. And then, um, you know, you can't just go tell people what to do based on what you know. So that's what then led me into um, research and trying to understand well, what exactly is going on so that I could then turn around and help others because it's, it's miserable when you're stuck in that existence. And... You know, my life had just completely shrunk down to the point that I was even getting to the point where I didn't want to go outside anymore. And it's like, oh, seriously, this is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what that's where you end up, you know, into a very small world. So yeah. um, my life. Mm. Amazing. Just just on a, a personal, from a personal perspective, like what was causing all your stress at the time, and what were your food habits like? Yeah, sure. Well, I guess if you really want to go right to the point and right down to the bottom of it. Um, uh, lack of belief in self and not being good enough. Yeah. And, you know, that's quite an interesting, uh, what's the word, thought process because when I talk to everybody, they all have it. And I actually remember talking to um, a reformed uh, drug addict and um, it was really quite interesting because I, I'm curious and I said, well, what helped you to turn your life around? And he said, I actually learned that I was good enough. And I just went, oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So that took all of my stress away, but that was through a great process of understanding and, you know, and, and search for meaning, etc. And there are other ways to um, chip away at your stress so you can start to learn, yes, even though life's difficult, it's actually normal. Mm. Now how do I find my best way through it? Mm. Yep. Amazing. Um, yeah, look, look. Isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, isn't it funny? Like we'll self sabotage uh, with regards to not feeling good enough, and then we're doing something which is destructive rather than proactive. And you, it's amazing that God is sort of say, "Well, yeah, maybe I am good enough." But I think a lot of the the, the stuff that happens in our youth and uh, and so forth really gets stuck in our cellular memory, and we keep going back to the pleasure to uh, to mask um, something which may not be, uh, you know, so. Um, nourishing for us, um, you know, mentally, and uh, we're trying to mask that through a substance, which is only going to give us temporary uh, happiness. Would you agree? Yes, look, I do agree with that, but I do need. I want to pull you up on the self sabotage um, yeah. because it's it's not self sabotage, and and the I guess the point I really want to make is even though we might have those thoughts in our mind, um, they're just a memory. Mm. And, and one of the things I love the most about working with clients and their food intake is that I never have to get into what happened in their life because mm. we're dealing with what's going on in the moment and mm. what's happening in the moment um, is they're getting caught up in a normal physiological reaction. Yeah. So, what, yeah, so what I mean by that is the way our brains are wired is that they're, they're designed to um, work on a problem. And if you've decided as an emotional eater, I'm, I'm going to eat to be healthy, uh, we've gone and set up a whole lot of habits. Mm. And as a result of those habits, you, you're going to need to change them. But the problem is, is if you're an emotional eater, what do you eat when you're uncomfortable? What do you do when you're uncomfortable? You, you eat. Mm. And there's a very good reason for that physiologically. Fat, salt, and sugar down-regulate stress response and give the brain a reward. Mm. Um, from a survival and physiological perspective, everything's normal again. And from a habit-based perspective, whenever there's a trigger, such as an emotion or thought or a feeling, a behaviour such as eating that is rewarding, which it is, that forms a habit. And the problem is, is that now what the person or the emotional eater has to do
do is learn how to change the habit, but the crux of the problem is if habit change is uncomfortable mm. and what do emotional eaters do when they feel uncomfortable, they eat. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely <laughs> it does, yeah. Um, I, do you know what? I often think about it like um, when we're young, like the like the reward and celebration for, you know, have someone's birthday and all those sorts of things. You go and binge eat, don't you? And um, I always thought it was part of my uh, makeup to, um, to to overeat, uh, basically, because I was in this mode where my body was getting a sugar hit and I just kept wanting the sugar, wanting the sugar consistently until I was actually self-aware enough to, to, to uh, observe and, and understand that. But... I think a lot of it gets stuck when we're young, maybe, and um, you know we're sort of we're, we're trying to, to to find comfort through food. It's it's a really funny one. Um, for sure. So, uh, what I, in order to understand what was going on, I I undertook a PhD research program and I looked at temperament, and I looked at temperament because it underlies our um, personality. Um, it's inherited. Um, and what I mean by temperament, it's, a, it's our emotional um, predisposition to react to life in such a way that we're reacting uh, positively to reward or we're reacting uh, to avoid uh, discomfort. Mm. And so as, as a young person growing, those reactive systems are certainly um, really up and at them. However, uh, we also have a later developing system that comes online from the age of one on. So the emotional systems are sort of where we bring into the world with us. But then we have a later developing system that starts to come online from the age of one up until young adulthood that teaches us how to manage our response to that emotional reactivity. So we can actually learn to regulate our emotion. And sometimes we just don't learn as well as we could have. And, and that's not a problem because the great news is the brain is plastic. So even though we may have learned as a young person to enjoy our food and perhaps to eat too much of it, mm. um, once we learn as an adult how to make sense of it and then how to, uh, how to apply our minds effectively, um, it is actually a straightforward process to create change. The difficulty is, is that um, if we're sensitive, meaning we're more reactive to these emotions, more reactive meaning, oh, I don't like this and I want to get rid of it, Mm. Um, then we can lose sight of actually we're just trying to change our behaviour and get all caught up in the process of trying to get rid of the emotion which then creates a, a response whereby we generate uh, more stress hormones, they, they increase in our body and they actually turn our capacity to use that part of our uh, mind off. So we, we actually can no longer regulate and then all we can do is fall back in line with our habits which are um, the eating of that high-fat, salt and sugary, rewarding food. Mm, amazing. Amazing, isn't it? Jeez, um, Lynn, like so, so much has come to me there while, while, while you're speaking and, uh, you know, my own sort of... Uh, um, you know, sort of journey and pathway, I was sort of lucky. I was sort of able to arrest quite a bit of it a few years ago, but it does pop up, you know, now and then, this sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, the, um, the, 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 the changing of direction is really key and important. So being able to watch and observe the emotion and then, you know, sort of be observant of it and then, and then move, move on to another thought pattern. Is that sort of pretty much what you're, what you're helping people with? Yes, absolutely, um, Aaron, you, you have nailed it, and, and it's a process. So it's a process for the person to recognise that, you know what, I've got all the mental strength that I need actually not to have that chocolate cake. Mm. Actually, what I need to learn is is that if I habitually have a chocolate cake, you know, when I'm upset, it's, it's about learning that, okay, I'm upset, that's okay, you know, what's the next step? It's about learning to take a step back so you can see the process that's unfolding, mm. get some distance, get some perspective from that emotion, see it for what it is. Well, actually, it's normal to be upset. You know, something terrible just happened. Mm. Um, but I'm just going to step back 
and I'm going to think about, well, you know, what do I actually need to do under these circumstances? Is it going to help me to have the cake or not or not? Yes. And it's really learning by looking for a bigger, better offer, which is probably going to be, you know, have a chat with someone um, or just go for a walk, let off some steam. Um, it's a process of learning to experience how to put different behaviours in, in there um, that are going to give you a, a bigger, better reward because you're moving towards a life you want as opposed to away from it, which actually feels better. Yes, yeah, well said. It's, inter- it's interesting because um, uh, a big part of my own journey was to be able to understand you know, what the consequences may be. And a lot, of, a lot of that come through the physical body. So being able to, you know, exercise more and, and so forth. And once you do that, then you, you're more aware of the calorie intake and all those types of things. And then you become a bit more conscious of, uh, you know, the fat content, the sugar content, the salt content in foods, and then sort of making more healthful choices, Lynn. But it's interesting, um, you know, one of the things that was really um uh, you know, um, uh, a light bulb for me as an individual is looking at proper food combining and, and what the gut has to deal with and, and how that, that's done. Just to divert a little bit, I was at, a, at, at an event last night and this guy I know, you know, I saw him eating chocolate cake and then he's drinking red wine and then he's eating, you know, chips straight after and I'm thinking the gut's got to deal with all that, you know, and, and, and the way that he would have felt the next day um, would have been pretty ordinary because... That that's a lot for the for the gut to um to, to process and you know and, and getting food in the right order um you know as far as digestion times and those sorts of things was a bit of a change for me to be able to understand that and how what the what the gut actually is doing and the work that's involved with uh, processing food. Yes, yes. So certainly um, the food choices we make are going to affect our mind in a sense of you've nailed it. If you're eating chocolate cake red wine and chips well you're going to feel pretty terrible the next day Mm. (laughs) and if you're feeling terrible what choices are you going to make you know um, our state dictates our actions Um, certainly from a a gut health perspective um, it's all about recognizing uh, the types of foods that contain healthy fibers you know you're looking at your grains your legumes your fruits and vegetables and it's about getting them in enough quantities and certainly being aware of when you're eating in such a way that you're not eating at 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night, because our bodies aren't designed to digest food that late. So it's certainly paying attention to, well, how can I um, structure my life and and make health a priority um, so that I don't put my nutrition and my health on a back burner, how? By skipping breakfast, skipping lunch, you know, um, working through, uh, by grabbing takeaway. Um, we really cannot burn the candle at both ends. You think you can, but everyone who does, um, they fall over it at some point. The problem that everyone has, um, and especially health professionals, is for sure there is one of those people out there who smoked like a chimney and, and beat lung cancer. But mm. if you look at the majority, that's not true for the majority. Yes. So, yep. you know. Oh, we always <laughs> have, we all had the auntie and uncle that could drink and smoke and. Um, <laughs> And eat whatever they like, and they live till they're a hundred. But uh, yeah, it's uh, hindsight's a wonderful thing. It um, it may not uh, may not be relevant. And I, I think you know um, we have we have come a long way with regards to our, our knowledge and research and, and that on on how how to go about it smarter. Um, I, I think you know the nutrition we're taking into our belly is just as more more important or just as important as the nutrition we're taking in you know through our eyes and ears as well. Like be able to have you know positive messages coming in uh, through your learning and development to be able to help you progress rather than negative. I think when we're being bombarded by negative stuff uh, consistently, then that can uh, maybe have an impact on our food choices as well, possibly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, definitely. You know, um, one of the most important things that we need to protect and need to understand is, is our state. You know, what state are we in? Um, uh, because your state determines your actions. Mm. Um, and this is not about being happy, happy, positive, positive, fluffy, and everything's all fine. Mm. It's about recognizing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on a bit of a downer at the moment. If I continue in this 
on this course, where am I going to end up? Mm. And it's about paying attention and recognising, you know, well, maybe I just need to step back for a second and, and go out and get some fresh air, mm. get out of my head, look around, look at the beautiful um, view, you know, look at the sky, go chat to someone, reconnect with another person, get out of your own head. Remember, it's not just all about yourself or what's in your mind. Um, most of it is, you know, all rubbish yes. <laughs> most of the time. So yeah. it, state is critical. And um, as I said, it's not about denying negative emotions. They've all got a reason and they've all got a message that we need to pay attention to. Um, but it's about learning how to shift your state, you know, productively and proactively to achieve the outcomes that you want because when we're in a negative state of mind, nothing good comes of it. Um, you know, when we're in a positive state of mind, everything changes. But we need to learn to do that uh, proactively and not reactively. Yes. Uh, a lot of people, for example, will try and uh, suppress their emotions if they're negative. Well, that's not healthy. Mm. You know, if, if you're sad because something sad has happened or you're fatigued because you are literally tired, well, take a break. You know, don't, don't uh, mask it by having a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, certainly being able to observe the conversations that are at the coffee uh, cart in the morning, uh, you know, uh, can be quite interesting when you're hearing people talk about negative stuff and, and you know, uh, that's just an example. But, but yeah, really, I, I believe the ability to be able to self-regulate is really important and, you know, to be able to give yourself practices where you can sort of come back into your body uh, in the morning and... Um, uh, you know, tune in. I think we tune out too much. It's all about sort of, you know, tuning into the self and asking, you know, your body what it really does need, you know, and uh, the masking stuff can only sort of, you know, last so long and then the body um, will probably give us consequences, which, you know, comes in the form of disease. Yes, look, absolutely. And, um, you know, in terms of changing eating behaviour, so for those who are emotional eaters, um, dieting is actually one of the worst things that they can do. Um, only because they don't need a diet. They need to learn how to work with their minds more effectively. Mm. Um, and by learning, sorry, the point I'm, I'm trying to make here is um, by learning how to start making effective choices and effective decisions, um, the person will be using their mind so much more consciously. And if you think about how many eating choices we have to make on a daily basis, especially if you're changing your behaviour, you're going to be touching base with your mind and, and coming back to base consistently, um, but in a good way, you know, not in an exhausting way. It's about touching base, actually, what do I need? Mm. Um, I'm thirsty, I don't need to eat something, I just need to drink something. Mm. Um, you know, what do I need? Actually, I need to go walk and, and take a break instead of feeling uncomfortable and dipping back into that habit of automatically... Um, going to get, you know, a lolly or something like that. It's a nice little exercise that people can do, which is very, very simple, is to start to uh, put a pause uh, in between their impulse and their typical action, their habitual action, mm -hmm. um, by simply stopping um, when you're aware that you have a choice to make and you feel like you're going to make a choice that's not helpful, just stop and, and actually take the time to ask yourself, if I act in line with my thoughts and feelings at the moment, are they going to take me towards life or want or away from it? And mm. that little um, step is enough to bring people back into their presence of mind, back into the present moment. Mm. And, and, and when you're present, the brain can actually remember and help you to remember, actually, this is what I want to do. And the other thing is when you're present, you're not wired, you're not uh, reacting um, you're able to make an informed choice and um, yeah the process of just taking time um, just does make everything a whole lot easier mm, yeah well said interesting um, do you think it's different like like people's nutritional needs uh, depending on their body type and and that as well or you know is it sort of a one-size-fits-all thing with diet Sure. Look, it's definitely not, definitely, absolutely not one size fits all. Um, when I work with clients, I tend to, I work with normal food. I don't work with a particular diet only because most of the diets out there, um, uh, yeah, if you, if you look at them, what are they trying to achieve? Um, if they're not trying to achieve a state of health, which means balancing out all the five food groups and people just go, yeah, well, that's not sexy. And I say, well, fine. Mm. But if you, you know, do what you're doing, where are you going to end up? Is it sustainable? 
So it's about looking, coming back to basics, coming back to the five food groups, and then going on a process of discovery. What happens when I eat all of these foods together? Am I getting any bloating? Am I getting signs of intolerance? Because what's typically happening is some people have intolerances, mm. you know, and, and they just might go, oh, it's my, it's my body type. Um, it's like, well, no, maybe it's an intolerance, and often it is. And so come back to basics, put all the food groups in your diet, work out what's going on, put them in in such a way that you're not overeating. You know, like we have the grain food group and people go, oh, we have to cut out carbohydrates. Well, you know, how, how, how loaded are your grains? Is it a slice of whole grain bread or is it a donut? Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, and, and what's the size of the bread? Is it a ridiculous size or is it a small size? Mm. So I don't so much look at um, body type um, I listen to what my clients are telling me and then work with them and the food groups uh, to help them to achieve their outcomes. Mm, mm. Make adjustments, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's right. And, and also, you know, being able to be aware of the quality of the, the foods too. So maybe choosing more organic uh, produce would probably have better nutritional uptake than the, the, the standard stuff perhaps. Um, in terms of nutritional uptake, I, there's no real research to show that organic is better than non-organic in terms of uptake. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest barrier for a lot of people is going to be cost. Yep. And so there's a continuum. You know, the continuum ranges from uh, tinned food, frozen food, fresh food, up to organic food mm. and you've got to look at what you can actually achieve and what you can do yes yeah. yes yeah that's yeah. true absolutely yeah a lot of people listening to this in regional australia um you know would probably have a high gluten um you know content to their diet whether they're eating it or drinking it and you know, being aware of that and maybe making some tweaks to their diet maybe reducing some of that and looking for alternatives could Help a lot. I think you know when the when the stomach's in distress and the mind's in distress. But if the digestion's working with ease, then uh, the you know I suppose the mental health um, can can really start to uh, to benefit from that as well. Look, absolutely, and um, you know it's probably one of the most important things uh, when we can achieve a state of balance, and that's obviously body and mind balance. There is definitely, of course, there's a reciprocal relationship about what we're putting into our bodies and what's and how our mind is being affected. Absolutely. Mm. Um, the goal that I work towards with the clients that I see is to get all the five food groups in wine because then they're nutritionally balanced. And, and from that point, um, we can tweak away. But what I see is that no one gets them in. Mm. When, they, when people come to see me, no one is eating. No one is getting all of their serves of fruits and vegetables and grains. Um, most people are under-eating fruit, under-eating vegetables, over-eating protein, mm. over-eating processed grains, um, and very hit and miss on dairy. Yes. So it really is about coming back to basics and then move from there. Um, yeah. 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 Amazing stuff. Um, look, I believe that, um, uh, you know, with regards to the domination of, you know, uh, you know, I suppose companies trying to get our attention and, uh, and the share of our wallets um, has, has increased quite a lot with regards to, um, you know, advertising of, of fast food and, and so forth. What would you suggest that people could do to be more self-aware of that, to be able to sort of not get drawn towards the magnet and, uh, you know, basically, um, you know, retreat um, and make, uh, make uh, another choice? So I think you, you talked about pausing before, but is there anything else you could sort of suggest there? Um, sorry, Aaron, is this in terms of uh, advertising, not getting sucked in? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's quite simple, really. Um, we've got to take care of ourselves. No, seriously, we've got to take care of ourselves. Mm. Um, you know, because uh, the environment that we're living in is not helpful. Mm. And uh, before I undertook the work that I had done in order to understand um, the mind and, and people's uh, behaviour, you know, I was turning myself inside out as a clinician and thinking, what the hell am I doing wrong? You know, why can't I help people? Um, and, you know, I've never looked at people as hopeless. So I was turning myself inside out, trying to figure out the best way to help my clients. And I forgot to look at the environment. You know, the best thing that we can all do 
is to realise that the way the food industry has gone, the way that um, we are being bombarded, the way the planet is being put under great stress and pressure mm. from all the food that are being produced has to be called into question. Yes. Um, I think the strongest way to send the message is to seriously realise they are not in it for you. Yes. You need to help yourself and look after yourself. You send a very strong message to these people by no longer buying the food. Mm, that, that's true. So, you know, so I, we've got to start taking responsibility for ourselves um, because that's where it starts and stops. And it's about recognising that we, it's almost like we, we have a, it's not almost like, we have a survival brain and on top of that we have a more proactive brain. Like survival is where our emotions are stored, is about approaching pleasure, avoiding pain. Um, the proactive brain is about moving us and others with uh, others around us forwards in community um, in order to achieve the best life that we can. It's recognising that when we're under stress, we don't have the guidance of the proactive mind. We will be driven by our um, survival natures to approach pleasure, avoid pain. Food is rewarding. Um, it's pleasurable. Uh, it helps us to avoid pain because we can soothe our emotions and discomforts. We cannot exercise also as one way to avoid pain. Um, but when we respond in such a manner, we lose our our capacity to make choice we lose our independence and we are at the mercy of not only ourselves but at the environment mm. um i i guess i'm going to put the challenge out there uh, for people to work with me and work with other like-minded clinicians to stand up start taking responsibility life is out there we have such incredible capacity to do so much mm. um our proactive brain is our evolution in action you know, what was it, 250 or so years ago, we turned up in tall ships. 2025, we're going to Mars. How incredible are we? Mm. Why are we losing that capacity by um, letting our choices be dictated by the environment and those who uh, influence the environment? It's about us standing up and saying, no, we're not taking this anymore, but mm. we have to do it from ourselves. No one can save us. Yes, agrees. Certainly autonomy. Yeah, you know, unhealthy people can be good for the economy. Really, at the end of the day, you know, we're consuming, we're we're, we're taking pills to body, you know, counterbalance that. But really, I think if the body's healthy, then the resilience is there. You don't need to take those measures. There's definitely, a, you know, a need for it in some circumstances. But we're being really reactive, you know, and and looking for um, you know, some comfort through through quick fixes. But I just think if you could talk to someone like yourself and get a plan and have a long-term strategy and journey with regards to healing yourself and fixing yourself and getting things right, then you know you can live a long, healthy life without having to rely on um, you know medications uh, sometimes to, uh, to 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 function. Um, you know, I, I just believe it doesn't matter how how unhealthy we are, we can really start to correct that you know, and self-heal. And um, I I think it's really important for people to 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 get some guidance. Um, you know, in the short term for, for the long term outcomes. And is that, is that what you do? Like you'll help people with regards to, um, you know, um, sort of working out uh, a strategy to, uh, to overcome the problems that they're, they're facing and be able to move forward? Yes, absolutely. And because from my experience, from my own, yeah, from my own experience, uh, emotional eaters are some of the most courageous people that I know. Mm. You know, they, they, they try and, they're just trying so hard. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not lazy. They're not, they're just trying all the time. But the only problem they're up against is that they don't understand how to use their minds to change their behaviour. Mm. Um, they're using their mind against them and not for them. Um, I teach them how to harness the power of their mind and use it for them so they can start moving in the direction that they want to take. And it's just a small tweak. You know, and there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with anybody. Um, it's just learning that, uh, I guess, the habit really is um, to try and get rid of that discomfort of that uh, change process. But the, the change process is uncomfortable only because the brain sends out a signal for the person to stop and pay attention. Because if you don't stop 
and pay attention, you can't change, right? So this is where that consciousness comes in that you were talking about. Yeah. But the problem that emotional eaters are up against is that they have interpreted that signal as something to get rid of, but it's not. So it's about teaching the emotional eaters to change their, their focus on, hang on, this is something I, I need to get rid of, to actually know this is just a signal telling me to change direction. Mm. You know, if you were to do a hazard, um, if you were to carry out a risk assessment and do a, a hazard analysis, the hazard is not the chocolate cake. I know emotional eaters have the strength of mind in spades not to eat the chocolate cake. The hazard is what they do in response to noticing that they wanted to eat the chocolate cake. You know, if they beat themselves up or try to resist, they're missing the point. The required action is to use the signal to remind you that you've already decided to make a proactive choice and, and make it. So the skills I teach, because I teach behaviour change first to emotional eaters, um, before we look at changing their diet um, mm. because they need to understand how to change. Yes. And, and then I bring the um, nutritional uh, information in so that they can act on it. Yes. Um, mm. Yeah, that's great. Yep. That's, that's great. You're sort of not saying, here's a plan, go away and uh, talk to me once a week. You know, you're sort of looking at the, the behaviour <clears throat> first and foremost and be able to bring that self-awareness in and then sort of... Uh, design something for me so that's really really well done i think that's that's an excellent strategy you know uh, that's being proactive rather than reactive isn't it you know <laughs> <laughs> <Primarily>, so. <laughs> yeah there you go aren't you lovely well look it's sort of almost sort of um more survival to mind so a sense of survival because um, I, I, I follow a, an absolutely wonderful American psychiatrist by the name of Dan Siegel, and he's just he's just fantastic in the way he looks at, at um, people. But um, one of the things that I, I, I love most um, about him is that he's got this wonderful saying that he says, uh, "Where attention goes, energy flows, and neural connections grow." Mm -hmm. And it really is about teaching people: look, you're not doing anything wrong; you're just focusing on the wrong strategy. Uh, let's let's change it so we can move in a different direction um, and and that's all of it really comes down to and it's just giving people the confidence that there's nothing wrong with them because there there's not yes. <laughs> and and once they start to try things and they realize oh you know I can make a choice and oh I can do it differently they're often they're racing and it's just a pleasure to see and um, another thing he used to say was that years ago we used to think it was um, we, we coined a term compassion fatigue and so when I meant that it was my own survival that I, I sort of went and looked for another way to work with people was because um, it wasn't so much compassion fatigue but empathy fatigue like I, I felt in spades you know the struggle and the suffering of my clients mm -hmm. and that I couldn't help them mm -hmm. um, and, and now I can help them and it's, it's not compassion fatigue because compassion is actually having the capacity to feel empathy and then do something to help the person. Yes, <laughs> so yes. I, I actually love the work, my work now because I, I get to help people and, and I get to watch them go off and, and live, a, you know, mm -hmm. engage fully with life because they've got all of this spare capacity. They're no longer hanging on by their fingernails trying to control their eating behaviour and it's just, it's just fantastic. Yeah, so, um, yeah, no... It's good. <laughs> it's, it's awesome that you've got your own lived experience too, you know, so that, that's really valuable because you can understand where, where individuals have been, uh, you know, because you've, 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 you've lived it yourself. And I think that's really important from a practitioner's point of view to be able to sort of, you know, have that, uh, that, that insight and knowledge because you, you've been there before and, um, you know, that, that's, that's really valuable. With, with regards to the people that you see, what's the ratio of, of, of say, men and women? Sure. Um First of all, Aaron, I just want to say thank you so much for acknowledging that. I really appreciate that. That's, um, that means a lot. That means a lot. Because it, it, it was sure was hard. It was, it was tough. It was very tough. Yeah. So thank, thank you. Um, look, it's really interesting. The, no surprise, perhaps, the majority of my clients are women. But I've been getting a lot of men through lately. So that, that's really quite interesting. I'm mm. um, getting a, a, quite a few men um, you know, starting to make inquiries and, and um, definitely expressing their interests. So I must say, I must say it, working with men is, an, is, is a new field for me because I haven't had too many of them before, but I'm actually looking forward to it because the way I love to work 
um, is, you know, I, I, I love the fact that my clients can teach me so much. Um, I, I like to think that I can take the pressure off anyone who comes to see me by helping them to understand what I know about how the brain works and that really, you know, it's just about physiology and, and my job is to stop, <laughs> help the person stop turning their physiology into psychology by trying to get rid of the, the, um, the discomfort. But um, I, I just love the connection that I make with people and they feel comfortable enough to let me know what's going on and then it certainly becomes a, a case where two heads are better than one and yes. so you know we almost sit down and nut it out together and go well this is what I know let's try this and then through the client's experience um, they'll try it and nine times out of ten it works sometimes it doesn't and then we, we need to, to uh, change tack but I certainly don't have all the answers I need my clients um, also with their insight um, to um, help me to move them forward. So it's very much collaboration. Yeah, yeah, absolutely well said. It's interesting because a lot of people listen to this is primarily guys, but lots of women too. But I really encourage any guy listening out there, sitting on a tractor or a truck or doing whatever, um, you know, have a, have a look at your diet. And if you, you are struggling with it and you want to make some changes, like reach out to someone like Lynn because they can put you on track. And geez, that's. That, that's a tremendous gift to be able to have that support from someone that's actually been there and done it and, and understands it. So, you know, hopefully that ratio will change as be more guys come forward and get some help because I know guys need all the help we can get. We, we're, we're sort of under stress and pressure a lot, you know, with regards to um, producing and doing all those sorts of things. But I just think, yeah, if you can get this part of your life right, then um, everything else... Um, will flow on from there, you know, and, uh, and and not only the individual benefits, but everyone does, you know. So I think it's it's really important, you know, if you've got a, uh, a blockage to be able to recognise it and, and move through. And, and how can people get hold of if they want to reach out and look at your work and maybe get some advice and help, and help too? Sure. Um, Aaron, I'm, I'm going to let you know how people can reach out to me in a sec, but do you mind if I just give your listeners, and especially the guys, an example of um, behave, the behaviour change process in action? Yeah, I, 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 sure. Is that all right? Because I, I sort of get the feeling like it could be a little bit vague. Yep. Um, I'll give, thank you. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, one comes from my husband, and um, he's a very he's got a very sensitive temperament, which means he, you know, he's aware of... Uh, things that are threatening and he feels discomfort and, and, and all the rest. And the most uh, common emotion to come up when we're sensitive with a sensitive temperament is actually anxiety. Mm. Yeah. Yep. To stop and pay attention. Um, that's all it is, right? And, and from there, it's about well, what are we going to do next? And, and the reason we need to stop and pay attention is because we need to stop and make an assessment. If I go forward, is something going to eat me or not? You know, um, but the problem that we have with anxiety being human is that we can work out at some point we want to get rid of it and because we don't like it and that's where all the problem starts. But anxiety is just a signal to stop and pay attention because if you're a, a fluffy bunny rabbit happening down the road and all of a sudden, you know, you're approaching a, a field full of green grass, which is a reward, and then all of a sudden you smell the fox, which generated a state of fear. Mm. When you're approaching something and you're afraid at the same time, that always generates anxiety because that would catch the rabbit's attention. The rabbit goes, oh, what just caught my attention? Oh, it's fox. Okay, do I need to run away or can I keep going? So anxiety is normal. It's what we do with it next, which, which is the problem. And um, getting back to the example with my husband, so he's got a sensitive temperament. Um, he's aware of things that are threatening, but he's very very pragmatic, uh, meaning that even though he's sensitive, he's, he's, he's come up with a really straightforward way of managing it. And so for him, um, he told me a story about when he goes into a shopping mall, he feels weird. And I just went, oh, that's anxiety. And I'm going, I'm going, wow, okay. And I said, well, what do you do? And he just looked at me, what do you mean, what do I do? I said, well, what do you do? What do you do when you feel weird? Mm. And he goes, well, I, I slow everything down. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I, I slow everything down. I, I stop and take a deep breath and I slow my walking down and, and then everything comes back into focus and I'm good to go. And this is what I'm talking about, you know. He has developed a, a method of regulating his emotion that he doesn't even know he's doing mm. because he's done it from day dot. Mm. And this is what everyone needs to do is find a way to regulate because you can't make your emotions go away. 
and we don't need to. It's, it's, it's what do we do, how do we manage them? Um, and another really quick example, uh, there was uh, the painter Arn Doe on, I think yeah. he's ABC. Yep. Yep, he did, yep, he did a fantastic interview with a doctor who um, rescued those kids out of the cave a couple of years back, do you remember, in, oh, in Asia? Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. So this doctor's a, a cave diver. Right, so <laughs> I'm a diver and I used to cave when I was younger and I would never, ever, ever put the two together. This <laughs> was like suicide. Uh, it's the scariest thing on the planet. But anyway, like there's no way up, right? Like, yeah, anyway, he's a cave diver. And <laughs> and he was telling stories uh, of, of his, his training with his, with his diving, you know, and he'd say, you know, when I'm in the water and I can feel my anxiety getting up in, um, into my throat, I have to consciously regulate it because if I don't, I'll go into panic. And if mm. I panic, I drown. Mm. And, you know, and that's the point. We all become afraid of these feelings, but we can actually work with them to regulate them. Um, and that's so important to you to, to learn, you know. Mm. That's what I just wanted to add. Sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting listening about your husband. Like, uh, I know, like, like, memories can come back when you go into a certain environment. I, I went to the local twilight market the other night and as soon as i walked in there i felt the same emotion as what i did when i was going to the local show when i was a kid you know to be able yeah. to go and get the fairy floss of the dagwood dog except this time it was like to go to the um the the, the vegan tent to get the curry or whatever <laughs> you, you, you know <laughs> um so it's the same thing like you, 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 your emotions and your senses get heightened but for me to be able to sort of observe that and come back, um, you know, it's really important. It's, it's the same as with with booze or, or with food, you know, just to be able to observe it and just sort of um, divert your, your thinking. So to be able to focus on something else and, and slow your breath down and sort of then then the awareness for that, um, for that attachment doesn't sort of, you know, become as strong perhaps. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you nailed it. Exactly right. That's exactly right. And that's all it is, mm. you know. Because um, the emotion can't get the upper hand because then you lose control. So when your stress hormones rise too high, it, it actually scrambles a part of your brain that can make choices and it, it turns it off, yes. literally. So then, so then the only thing you can do is fall back in your habit. And that's why we end up doing exactly what we don't want to do. It's like we smack ourselves on the head and go, why the hell did I do exactly yeah. what I didn't want to do? That's right. It's because you lost control of your mind. Yes, um, yeah. There's a lovely example of a, a big wave surfer. I can't remember his name. I want to say Mark Richards, but I don't know if it is or not. But I watched a, um, uh, a, uh, one of his webinars, and he was talking about uh, his training in order to learn how to manage his fear um, of getting pinned under the big waves. Um, because if you get pinned under, if you panic, you drown. So mm, yeah. he, he needed a way to learn how to manage his fear so that if he got pinned down, he wouldn't drown. And he told the story. I mean, get this. He said, I hate these training days that happen twice a week and I, I hate I hate my big wave training days. And what, you've got a reason why he hates them. What he did, he hired the services of a free diver to hold him underwater until he passed out. Oh, I mean, geez. seriously. No, no wonder. <laughs> Absolutely. How, how, did he, how did he regain consciousness from that? I have no idea, but I, obviously he did because he was still alive to tell the story. But <laughs> taking it to an extreme about how to learn to manage your emotion. Yeah, that but, is um, extreme. Yeah. yeah, because you know, like the, the point is, we can't get rid of our emotions. They're like fish in the ocean; they come and they go, mm. um, and and then they're never going to go away. But we can actually learn to change our response to them, and we can learn to use um, our attention more effectively by what you said. Um, learning to di uh, recognize you're having an emotion, divert your attention to something else long enough to calm down, come back and see, yes, the emotion that is still there, but it's, it's not hurting me. Why? Because I've gathered some distance from it. Yes. Um, and that's the point. So um, suppression is a very um, damaging form of emotion regulation because um, when we suppress our emotions, they actually get stronger. They just go underground and get bigger. Yes. Um, and that's not effective. So it, it really is about learning the skills slowly over time that even though you have an emotion, it's just a signal to stop and pay attention and, you know, stop and have a look at what do I need to do in response to this. 
um, uh, which is a much more proactive approach as opposed to a reactive approach, which yes. is often to blow things up or, you know, do something destructive. Agree. Absolutely. Well <laughs> said. My word, Lynn. There's, there's another podcast in itself right there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have to have another chat about that one uh, another day. So, so how can yeah. people reach out to you? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, Aaron, they can reach out to me. Best way is uh, my webpage. Just go online and have a look at what I do. Um, it's www.drlynnmccormack.com. Um, people can have a look at my webpage, what I have to offer. I am opening up a new online training course at the end of the week. Awesome. So I... Yep, can definitely be seen um, in person or online, individual or via group uh, or a combination of the two. Um, if people would prefer just to sort of dip their toe in the water and learn a little bit more about what it is that I do, they can do an online course uh, where, where there is no contact with me. They can just do their learning at their own pace. Um, or we can do a combination of that as well, where in between online learning and the second week catch up with um, myself in a group um, and then go back into the course. Um, that's another way to do it. Um, I did just want to mention in, there is another type of eater who I see often in my uh, clinics who you might be interested in later down the track. And, and I call these eaters opportunistic overeaters, mm-hmm. where they're reacting to their environment as well, but they're not uh, emotional eaters by any means. But mm-hmm. these people know they're in trouble because they are reacting to their environment and they're not putting the brakes on. Um, they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger over time because mm. the pressure of the environment um, is um, overpowering, I guess you could say. Mm. Um, and for these people, it's, it's another approach. But, um, yeah, anyway, it's another story too. Interesting. <laughs> no, no, that's very relevant. That's that's for sure. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm really, uh, really grateful you brought that up because it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, like exactly what I said before, like going into the environment where you are stimulated and then sort of, you know, uh, eating to, uh, to comprehend that, a bit like your husband going into the, uh, you know, into the super, uh, into the, the shopping centre, you know, you, you, you're sort of overwhelmed and then you, you eat to sort of, you know, calm you down. But yeah, to be able to calm yourself down other ways is probably similar uh, to that opportunistic um yes. approach yeah does that make sense yeah correct yes yeah the opportunistic overeaters they they're not as aware of their emotions and they don't understand um that they are reacting to the environment um mm. i often don't see them in my clinic they'll often turn up when they're told to come by the doctor or they're in physical pain so that's more obvious to them that something's wrong mm. um and interestingly they're not as aware of how, uh, how large they are they'll often catch sight of themselves in a uh, shop window and be surprised um, that they're bigger than they thought um, and for these clients it's it's quite a it's a very pragmatic approach with, with these clients because they're less worried about their emotions um, they just need to learn to pay more attention uh, to what they're eating and to their satiety signals and and that can be taught um, often they will tell me that they're not really aware if they're hungry or if they're um, full um, and you know they just wish someone could tell them when to start and stop eating effectively but um, yeah. they can certainly learn how to manage yeah as absolutely well. no, that's that's awesome Lynn. Uh, that's uh, it's probably pretty relevant and uh, probably topical to a lot of people that are listening to this to be able to be aware of that and maybe get some help around it uh, uh, if need be so I'm really really grateful for the oh, chat okay. I'm sure yeah. this is going to be uh, uh, very uh, well received and regarded uh, by a lot of people listening, um, both men and women, and I really encourage people to, to share this with others that, um, that uh, you know, may find it helpful, I guess, you know, it's something that, um, that, uh, that doesn't go away, but to be able to sort of catch it out and, and um, you know, get some guidance uh, around it, um, you know, early on, uh, whether it's, um, you know, at the moment or, or further on down the track for you when you're ready. I just think it's really important and a, a really good investment in yourself to get the help. So really, uh, really grateful for the chat. Yeah, look, no, thank you. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure um, because my, my goal really is to help people understand there's nothing wrong with them. They're just using their mind. Uh, against them as, a, as opposed to, uh, you know, for them. And, and it's just a tweak, it's just a shift. Yeah. And, and once I understand, they're often running and it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, mm. awesome work. Now, I appreciate it, Lynn. Thank you very much. 
Thank you, Aaron. 